Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs, or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. And before the episode begins, I would just like to let you know that Be Scared, which is produced along with Studio 71, features scary stories from around the globe on a weekly basis that aim to fuel your nightmares with a smile. And if you enjoy the podcast, it would be great if you could hit that subscribe button and drop a review. Thanks for listening, guys. And without further ado, let's begin. So I just want to say from the outset that I'm really not very good at sharing stories, but I decided to share my experience and I'm curious to see what you guys make of it. I'm not religious and up until this point, I didn't even believe in the paranormal. My rationale, as crazy as it sounds, is that because I hung two pairs of shoes on a shoe tree, I experienced two hauntings. So... I was 20 years old and recently entered the gay dating world. I was seeing this guy for a bit, introduced him to my best friend. My date suggested that we all go on a late night drive along the rich country estates and past a massive shoe tree. I recently had two pairs of worn shoes or boots that I didn't really need so I brought them along to add to the tree's collection. Despite my best friend's objections, I hung the two pairs of shoes. On the drive back to the city, my date Google searched the shoe tree at that intersection, and supposedly people hang shoes on the tree to commemorate a couple that were murdered at that intersection like a century ago. The next night, my date took me to the movies. We drove back to my house and we were chatting in the car at the end of my driveway. He was telling me about work and stuff like that when I noticed the port light sort of activate about 14 houses down the road. I noticed a figure in the driveway. They were tall and wore a white flowing sheet over their head with distinct long sleeves. I pointed out to my date and we both start getting a bit nervous as it seems to be staring right at us, unmoving. After a minute, the figure turns towards the porch light. The light goes out and the figure just disappears. 
Two houses closer to us though, the porch light activates again, and we see the same figure standing on that porch, swaying back and forth. The light goes out and the figure disappears again, and again, two houses closer, the port latch activates and the figure is standing in the driveway. At this point, we're obviously freaking out, and my date drives us away before it gets any closer. Eventually, I made it home, but I didn't get much sleep that night. The next day, my parents went out, and I was loading up the laundry in the basement. I heard my dad's footsteps come back in the house on the main floor. I must have forgotten something, I thought. I heard him walk from the front door to the back door, back and forth, sort of over and over again. As I go to check it out, I hear my dad climb the stairs to the top floor. I reach the main floor. The front door is still locked and my parents are gone and someone is in my house now. I don't know where the courage came from, but I ran up those stairs to confront whoever this was. And when I reached the top floor... It was just completely silent. There are five rooms upstairs and the bathroom in front of me is the only room that I can see inside perfectly. I run inside the bathroom quickly and lock the door. And as soon as I do, the footsteps start up again from one end of the hall to the other, slowly getting louder and shorter until they're stomping right outside the bathroom door. I yell, leave me alone. And as soon as I did that, the stomping just ended. My parents arrive home a few minutes later and that was it. These are the only two experiences that I've ever had mind you and all I know is that I will never throw old shoes on a shoe tree ever again. In late May, I decided to take a trip to London for a long weekend, and I stayed at an Airbnb for the first time. It was a nice detached house, slightly away from the usual hustle and bustle of busy London roads. And the first day was, well, all well and good. In the morning, I left to explore the city, and when I came back to the Airbnb, I found it weird how the entry lights were on, as I'm vigilant with turning off lights when leaving. It's almost like a muscle memory nowadays, wherever I am. However, I was a bit tipsy that night and decided to just put that thought to the back of my mind and I went to bed. So the next morning I got up and I left to do some more exploring. I came back home in the late evening and when I stepped through the door, the front lights weren't on this time. But what I did find strange was how the window near the front door had its blinds drawn to the side when they were previously closed for as long as I had been staying there. As I made my way to the kitchen, I came in to find a half-full glass of cola on the countertop, alongside a dirty dish in the sink. Now, you may think that it was mine and maybe I just forgot. However, I know that I had cleaned up after cooking breakfast that day, and the remainder of what was in that bowl looked like cereal, which I didn't have that morning. I wasn't planning on making excuses though, and I trust my instincts, so I promptly left the premise and I contacted my host. He came down rather quickly as I hung around the closest bus stop. When he got there, we went in together, and I told him that I was concerned that someone had gotten in when I was away or something. 
He was thankfully very empathetic and understanding of my concerns. He then decided to remotely check the camera footage, and whilst rewinding, he caught a man wearing a backpack entering through the back bathroom window through the garden, then leaving about two hours later through the front entry window, which, when we checked, was still unlocked. Remember how I said that it was odd that the blinds were drawn back on that window? Police were called and we both filled in our statements and from what I know, he has since taken that property down from his Airbnb page and it's not been back on since. I've not been contacted by the police after the initial report either so honestly I can't even tell if he's been caught or not or if the host had any further footage of this man coming in and out. I'm just really glad that I didn't come face to face with this guy because who knows what would have happened. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. This is a, a bit of a long one, so strap in. So, I've always been a bit of a skeptic, I guess, when it comes to the paranormal and stuff like that. My family is religious, don't get me wrong, and believes in spirits and demons, and I do as well, but I never exactly bought into any of the actual stories of entities inhabiting houses and stuff like that. Now, however, I'm not so skeptical anymore. If anything, I'm downright terrified, because I still have no idea what really happened. My boyfriend came over last night to watch a movie and chill. Nothing out of the ordinary. I'm currently dog-sitting for some neighbors down the street. Nothing big. I've done it quite a few times for them before, so I know the routine and everything. I never really felt nervous at night or anything, so everything was normal. At around 10pm though, my boyfriend and I left the house to go walk the dog. It was dark out and we were just chatting as we went down the street. We approached the driveway and... I just got this really weird feeling in my stomach, but I chalked it up to being a stomach cramp and just continued up the driveway. I opened the garage door and walked inside, and as I'm walking in, my boyfriend just stopped dead in his tracks in the middle of the garage. I kind of assumed that he just didn't want to go in since it's an unfamiliar house and all, so I continued on. There's these sort of two-layered doors leading into the house, a big wooden one followed by a glass door and I opened the wooden door and instantly just got this weird feeling in my gut. Let me preface this too by saying that I personally am not a fan of the dark and prefer to keep the lights on, especially when I'm alone in somebody else's house. 
and for this exact reason I always made sure to keep a few lights on in the house, for when I went to dog sit at night that is. As I opened the glass door though, I quickly realized that every single light in the house was now off. The only sliver of light that I could see was coming from the closed bathroom door. I murmured something about it to my boyfriend who also noticed the bathroom light and was still standing in the garage. I finally stepped inside the house and instantly faltered. The atmosphere was just, and I know this is going to sound weird to some people, but just so oppressive. I felt extremely vulnerable and exposed the second that I walked in there. Now, the dog's kennel and food is directly to the left of the door, so I turned to go take her out. As I was getting ready to open her kennel door, I just got this inexplainable urge to look behind me. Turning around, I stared directly into the empty and dark living room, and my heart just instantly stopped. I felt waves of nausea and fear started to wash over me. It was like something was just staring right back at me from within the darkness. The raw primal fear was something that I've never felt before. It felt as if whatever it was was watching me from there and just waiting for the chance to hurt me. Every instinct in my body was screaming at me to just run and just get out of there. But my boyfriend was saying things to me from the doorway, but I genuinely couldn't understand him because I was just too scared to take anything in, I guess. Eventually, I finally turned to look at my boyfriend, who stared straight back at me and whispered that we needed to go right then and there. He looked like he was about to throw up, and I could tell from the look on his face that he was feeling the exact same fear that I was. I quickly opened the kennel as fast as I could, grabbed the dog, and we just bolted. I was instinctively tearing up as we left the garage from pure fear as well, and I could tell my boyfriend was too. We waited until we were at the entrance of the driveway to even risk talking. Eventually, when we did start talking, my boyfriend told me how he felt like something was horribly wrong in that house, and that he'd felt as if he was about to vomit from fear and nausea, I got even more freaked out hearing him describe the same symptoms that I felt. If I'd been the only one to experience this, I probably would have chalked it up to simple fear of the dark reaction, but hearing his words just made it so much worse. At first I was assuming that this was a part of a home invasion, convinced that someone was waiting in the dark with a gun. I contacted the owner of the house who confirmed that they owned automatic lights, but they shouldn't have all gone off like that truly wonderful words to ease my fears, right? I then called my mom, who was still at our house, telling her what happened as we walked the dog down the street. My boyfriend was attempting to calm himself down as I talked, and I think we were both just super shaken up at this point. It honestly felt like we had escaped a near-death experience. After some persuasion, though, she agreed to go back to the house with us to help us check everything out, but it was clear that she didn't exactly believe us. To be honest though, I didn't care. I just wanted to have an extra person with me in case of a home intruder or something. See, I didn't really think it could have been anything paranormal at that point. I was just terrified that there was someone in that house with a weapon. She walked with us back to the house and we explained the terror that we'd felt inside the house and our gut feeling to instantly book it. We approached and walked up the driveway cautiously, carefully looking for any signs of break-in, and as we finally approached the garage door, however, the dog just started going absolutely crazy, 
like wild, snarling and growling at the garage door like something was on the other side. And the fear and the nausea came back in full force to the point where I just couldn't stop crying. The tears were just coming down my face and the closer that I got to the garage door, the worse it felt. I practically begged my mum to back up from the garage door and she just seemed pretty concerned at this point and contacted the owner again as the dog continued to growl. After a quick conversation, we all eventually decided to open the garage with bated breath. And when we did, nobody was inside. Walking into the house now, I felt the terrifying presence fade a bit, but the atmosphere was still just really eerie and unsettling. We turned the lights on and after a few moments of tense silence sort of relaxed, the dog ran to her food bowl and all seemed to be calm. And then my boyfriend pointed out that the bathroom light, which had previously been on, was off. The door was also cracked slightly open. We sort of nervously laughed about it and after the dog finished eating, I went to put her back in her kennel. The door to the kennel, though, was now let shut and I knew that I hadn't shut it when we left, and just pushing it closed wouldn't have been enough to completely latch it shut. It's one of those dog kennel doors that you need to push the latch into sort of two directions to properly close it. That cold chill came back to me then, and I shared a worried glance with my boyfriend. My mom then abruptly stood up and announced that it was time for us to leave. We all walked to the back of the house in relative silence and my boyfriend and I just kind of cuddled for the rest of the night. He mentioned that he felt like the experience was supernatural or paranormal and to be honest, I agreed with him. I mean, there were no signs of a robber or anything. It definitely felt like some kind of malicious entity, but I don't know, maybe it wasn't. Everything that happened was just so surreal and I'm not even sure anymore. I get chills just thinking about it though and I guess I'm just wondering if anyone has had an experience like this before. Could it have been some sort of a, a demon or something? Or do you think it was a break-in or something? Any advice or shared experiences would be helpful as I really just cannot find much online. Thank you. Apartments.com believes that a dishwasher does more than just clean plates. It turns your whole place into a time machine by turning the time that you would have spent washing dishes into extra time for you. That could mean more time to read, more time to knit, or more time to contemplate the vastness of time itself. With Apartments.com, finding somewhere to live with an elusive dishwashing slash time expanding device is easy. Apartments.com hosts the most rental listings with over 1 million available units. And with comprehensive search tools and instant alerts, you never have to worry about missing out on the perfect place. To find whatever you're searching for and more, visit Apartments.com, the place to find a place. I grew up in an eight-bedroom farmhouse with my dad until I grew up and moved out. But we always had extra rooms not being used and because of the age of the house plus all this extra space, there was always just uh, an eeriness like someone was looming in the shadows. 
If I had to get a drink in the middle of the night, for instance, I would always look at the ground the whole time because I was scared of what may be looking back at me from the dark corners, the rooms, and the hallways. Even the windows and the mirrors were avoided because I wasn't sure what I'd actually see looking back at me. Anyway, when I was around 12 years old, I questioned why the room that used to be my nursery was locked from the inside. I didn't think that it was weird before then. My dad needed a room for storage and all that, and I figured that he just wanted to keep me out or something. But I brought it up to him one day, asking what's so important in there that he needs to keep me out, even though I'm not a child anymore. A typical 12-year-old mentality, right? Turns out, though, that I was not entirely correct about the lock. My dad, with a very serious demeanor, sat me down and answered my inquiry. When I was a baby, maybe one or two years old, I slept in this nursery room on the second floor next to my dad's room. This room was painted by my sister, especially for me, with Winnie the Pooh characters and fluffy clouds, the type of thing that I think back on and appreciate. The effort and the creativity was really admirable, I think. I have a photo of me smiling at Pooh Bear on the wall, actually, while we were setting it up. Anyway, I was in this nursery in my crib, again right next to my dad's room, the perfect age to be on my own. Every night though, my dad was woken up by my scream crying. He had raised four children before me, so he was not making the first time parent mistakes that would otherwise be in question. He thought that it was probably just the switch to me being in my own room rather than being in his room that caused my nightly discomfort. He considered bringing my crib back into his room, but of course the nursery was all ready to go. I mean, I had just graduated to my own big kid room. For a while, when I cried in terror, he would come in and check on me, only to find that nothing was wrong in the sense of, like, present stresses like temperature, diaper change, hungry or thirsty, etc. He would stay with me until I fell asleep or keep the light on to make me feel safer and then return to his room to get some actual rest. One night though, after finally having enough of my distress, he decided to camp out on the floor of my nursery to see if he could figure out what the matter was, but mostly to try and sleep through the night too. And this was the last time that anyone ever slept in that room. So I was able to doze off now that I wasn't alone. He on the other hand was tossing and turning on the hardwood floor, not comfortable enough to sleep, and as he laid there on the floor, mulling over the situation, there were three huge bangs that jolted him to his feet by a few massive blows to the floorboards beneath him, centered directly on his back, as if someone on the first floor was battering a ram aimed at the ceiling. His first instinct was to run downstairs and check for intruders. He's a man of logic after all, brave and ready to defend his family. However, when he got down there, the lights were off. There was no one downstairs... The front door was locked, windows locked, no sign of forced entry, no one else lived with us. Our closest neighbor was down the road like a quarter mile and why would they break in just to bang on the ceiling, let alone have mapped it out where my dad would be sleeping in my nursery that night. And the other thing was that the force of the blows, this wasn't normal blows, this actually moved to the floorboards. After this event though, my dad brought my crib back into his bedroom and I was able to sleep without crying or screaming beyond needing a diaper change or something normal like that. He brought the Bible into the nursery for extra measure and casted out any evil that may have invited itself in there. 
He locked up that nursery and only used it for storage after that and only went in during the daytime. And to this day that old lock is still on that door as if a, a lock will keep spirits locked in, right? Short of pretending that experience never happened, he couldn't rationalize it enough to do anything else. But we think that the entity was evil and malicious and when my dad tried protecting me, this only made it worse. As I grew up in that house, I had a really hard time sleeping in any room on my own. Many nights I ended up rushing to the couch in the living room, turning on the TV and watching Disney till I fell asleep again. But even then I was just not comfortable. There were always just what felt like eyes on me. There were many more unexplained events from that farmhouse, but this was the most direct encounter with evil that my dad has ever had. You can live out your MasterChef dreams when you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When I was in the 11th grade, I had this taxi driver who would drive me to school and drop me off at home every day. He seemed nice at first, and we always had some pretty good conversations. For the first few weeks, he was actually one of my favorite people. Just seemed like a cool guy in general. But then one day, things started to get a bit weird. He started telling me stories about what happens to girls on dark web videos, and I just stayed completely silent because, I mean, what the heck, right? Then he gave me a pair of his glasses, made me try them on and everything. Actually made me try on several pairs, I mean, and he even put his hand on my leg multiple times and actually had the audacity to give me his number at Facebook, completely without me prompting it. Let me just remind you all that at this time I was 17 and this dude was like in his 40s and had a wife and kids and everything. Along with that too though, he kept begging me to let him teach me karate at his house. So all of these things kept happening over the course of about a month. The tipping point though was when he actually sent me a message on Facebook telling me how beautiful I looked in a picture. I told my parents, which I should have done ages before that, and I blocked him. My parents proceeded to call the taxi company to report him. And the kicker is that this particular taxi service was specifically for minors going to school. But wait, there's more to this. So about a month goes by after that, I got a different driver who was actually much better and not creepy at all. Things were fine too until I walked out of school one day and the creepy taxi driver was right there in the parking lot in his car waiting for me. But because I didn't know that it was him, I went right up to the car to get in. 
Obviously, when I saw his face, I stopped myself and said, Oh, sorry, I forgot something, and ran back into the school. He didn't look normal that day either. His eyes were red as if he'd been on drugs, and his beard was completely full when he always kept it shaved. He kept making strange grunting noises in the few seconds that I was there too. My parents were obviously furious that he showed up like that and called the taxi company again. The manager of that company said that it was probably just an accident in their system, but I don't believe them at all. I honestly feel like if I had gotten in that car that day that I probably wouldn't be here. I'm 18 now, but from ages 3 to 11, my family and I lived in a large four-bedroom Victorian home. It wasn't really the location that you would expect a haunted house to be in. I mean, we were right next to the busy street, in a row of other houses. All very old though, but the house had three floors, as the attic had been converted into two bedrooms, and a large walk-in storage cupboard that separated the two rooms. I lived with my three older half-siblings, and so it was very common for us to swap rooms every few months. I'd slept in every room by this point, my parents' room quite often as I was terrified every night, but more on that later. The large room opposite theirs and the two attic rooms as well. Each one seemed to have its own different type of horrors or whatever it was, but for the first few years I was too terrified to sleep on my own as a kid. I barely slept actually, and when I did, I suffered from terrible nightmares, so I would sleep in a camp bed in their room. That was where I had my first encounter with sleep paralysis too. I couldn't have been older than six, I would guess, but I still remember it vividly. A small boy with a paper bag over his head seemed to emerge seemingly from the wall next to my mother's side of the bed, and slowly but surely was walking around their bed towards me. I remember looking to my side and there was what I can only describe as a tall black stick figure, like one of those drawings who was looking like above me. I couldn't move, I was sweating profusely, but I knew that I was awake. The next thing I knew, he was crouching down to me and the boy had reached the foot of my bed. It was at that moment that I managed to let out a scream and I've never had anything as vivid as that again, but I'll never forget it. When I was seven or eight, I started wanting to have my own room. I did a lot of reading to distract myself from the fear and often would stay up till the early hours reading, too terrified to sleep, but waking up in the morning with my book still in my arms. I was given one of the attic rooms and by that point, my older sister had the room opposite mine, but she had gone off to university and so I was alone up there. I would never dare sleep without the light on and to be honest... Old habits never really die, as even now I still sleep with the light, unless I'm with my boyfriend, of course. Most nights would be me reading as long as I could until I just had to close my eyes. It was then, though, that the voices would always start up. Like, there was a couple arguing in the hall. On some of the worst nights, I swear that I could hear breathing coming from under my bed as well. It came to a point where I was just so scared that I had to have my dog and cat sleep in my room with me, but they couldn't settle either. My dog would just keep crying and my cat was constantly spooked. They hated being in there, so I had no choice but to remain alone in there. And the night terrors continued. I'd wake up and just couldn't stand to be in my room anymore, so 
I'd creep down to the second floor and sleep outside my parents' room. I don't know how I even functioned with so little sleep to be honest, but that was just life. Most times I couldn't have sleepovers too as my friends would complain of being scared and hearing things. My siblings had similar experiences and when my sister had her friend over, often her friend would recount waking up in the night and my sister was sitting up in bed still asleep but talking to the dark corner. My brother would have his own covers pulled off of him in the night and my other sister recalled her toes being pinched while sleeping. Everyone had their own experiences in that house, even non-believers too. My dad recounted being locked out of the house from the outside when he went out to the garden one time, even though he was the only one home, seeing a dark shadow glide next to the door as he struggled to open it too. Sometimes I would be sitting outside my parents' room at like 3 in the morning and... I would hear the cutlery drawer downstairs being shaken, the TV being turned on for a split second and then off again, even though everyone was asleep. I couldn't do anything in that house without the feeling of being watched too. If I was alone in that house, I would stay out in the garden the whole time. Even then, I felt extremely uneasy. I would just sit on my trampoline and feel like a pair of eyes were watching me from like the living room window that looked out into the garden. Our elderly neighbor told my father the backstory of the house one time when my dad would sometimes recount the strange occurrences going on in the house and he told us that years before we moved in there lived a, a very reclusive middle-aged woman known to be very cold and unwelcoming. She didn't leave often only to go to work as a gym teacher. She was known to be sadistic and cruel to the children that she taught though and he mentioned something extremely chilling which was that she had confided in him once that she lived in fear of the house. She refused to go in the attic as it terrified her. She died several years before we moved, but one of the most chilling things was that once she passed, the house was completely renovated. The attics turned into rooms, as I mentioned. The flower beds Mrs. Evans had so much pride in were torn up and everything just changed. The work was mostly done by one guy who had been hired to do so by the local council who inherited the house as Mrs. Evans had no family to speak of. Just days after he'd finished up the renovation, his daughter died in a freak lightning accident. I personally have no idea if it's tied to this. It is terribly unfortunate either way, but the neighbor seemed to think that whatever was in that house certainly did not take kindly to it being changed and decided to take revenge. That is just hearsay, mind you, but it's a bit strange nevertheless. What I do believe, though, is that there were several entities in that house, including possibly Mrs. Evans herself, but the strongest residing in the attic for sure. I felt things up there that I have since never encountered anywhere ever again. A genuine feeling of just something evil, something that wants to hurt you. I can't even recall how many times people were seemingly pushed when going down the stairs from that attic too or whenever my cat who was usually the most lovely boy was near those stairs he would viciously attack you with no explanation for his outburst. The whole house had like its moments. It was in a sort of constant state of darkness and bitter cold but the attic I don't even have the words to describe what that was. We finally moved when I was 11 though and as if by magic, the nightmares just completely disappeared. I could finally sleep easy and we've moved several times since then in fact and I've never encountered a house like that before. 
Honestly, I haven't had any paranormal experiences that I can think of since being in that house, but that's just fine with me because it was enough for a lifetime, let me tell you. I do think that it will always be with me though. Sometimes I'll have the most vivid dreams that I'm back there and I'm so glad to be there and almost as if it's calling me back or something. I have so many stories of just creepy things happening, so much so that something like this would take several hours to explain, but I think that this is more than enough to make me feel spooked recounting it all. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For a little bit of background, I no longer live on the same property, but this particular house always gave me bad vibes and I had a few very minor paranormal experiences I would shake off as coincidence or imagination, but I've always felt a connection to the paranormal even as a kid, which if this does well, I'll give you some more experiences of mine some other time. So, a few years ago in my old house, I had been struggling to sleep for a while and on this particular night, I'd been reading pretty late, I would say around 2am and I needed to get up to go to the bathroom. My room was very small, basically a glorified walk-in closet despite the house being quite large. It was on the second floor in a long hallway, so in order to get to the bathroom I had to pass the stairwell but I had no issues whilst going there. When I washed my hands though, I distinctly remember how cold the room was and that the water had a slight brown tinge to it, dirty even, and was running very well, but I didn't pay much mind to it, I suppose. I was living with my parents at the time, so I would get my dad to look at it in the morning. On my way back, just as I was passing the staircase, I then heard my mum call out to me from downstairs, saying, Harry, come downstairs, me and dad have a new laptop for you. Now, I have no idea why, but sheer dread just flooded my body. I started trembling as the temperature dropped suddenly, but I also started sweating. For some reason, the only thing running through my head was that that's not my mother, and if I go down there, I'm going to die. It wasn't that this voice sounded like my mother, it was my mother's voice, as if it had borrowed or something, I don't know, but I took off down the hall and into the bedroom like a child. I have no idea what would have happened to me if I went downstairs, but I'm glad that I didn't. I asked both my mother and my father about it a couple of days afterwards. I was afraid to even acknowledge that it happened, to be honest, and both denied it ever happening, and they gave me a very odd look of concern. It was one of the more intense experiences that I didn't initiate myself, but I'll be happy to share other experiences of mine, so just let me know if you want to hear more. I've also noticed a shadow man and shadow people flare that opens up a whole can of worms from my childhood that I shared with my mum, and it's crazy to see that it's actually so common here on the internet. But again, I'll leave that for another time. 
G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Be Scared Podcast. And please, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss next week's episode too. Also, it would be much appreciated if you could share this new podcast with your friends and family and on social media too. Thanks again for listening guys, and I'll see you mates in the next one. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. You can live out your MasterChef dreams when you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that.